Uh, we're going to jump into something drastically different from yesterday, but before we do that, I want to give a little bit of a recap for y'all, make sure we're all on the same page. We worked through four different uh, parts of scripture that show us different parts of distraction for us. Um, those aren't the only ways we get distracted of ignorance, choices, um, boredom, and what is that last one off the top of my head? Anybody remember? Stress, anxiety, thank you, thank you. Um, and as we can see in Scripture, uh, when we um, become distracted, we tend to point ourselves away from the plan that God has for us. And what, that, what comes from that is that we are not living up to who we're supposed to be. So our distraction, no matter what the source is, um, leads us away from the life that Jesus has for us. And we saw that all throughout Scripture yesterday. Today, we're going to look at the science. Uh, most of what I have today is not my own work. It's actually mostly out of this book, which you can find in the bookstore. is The Distracted Mind. It is not written by Christians. It is written by neuroscientists. They're MIT guys. They're super smart. It's really kind of heady, uh, but it is approachable. So if you're wanting a little bit of a challenging read with a lot of good content... Even if you just look at all the numbers in here, it's really, really fascinating. Um, but I tried to pick out um, the most relevant ones. It is, there is so much content here. I tried to just pick out um, the ones that are most relevant for y'all. Um, and it'll overlap a little bit. If you're taking My Strange Addiction, um, some of that content um, is in here as well. So uh, we're going to like buckle up. You're going to get a lot of numbers, but it's super, super fascinating. Um, so let me, before we get in there, let me pray for us. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you for another day. Uh, you have woken us up this morning. You have said you are not done with us. You have a plan for us. Um, you have um, something in front of us that you are striving before um, and that you have gone before us in. And we pray, reveal that to us today. Reveal to us in this time what you have um, in this class, Lord. And we pray. Amen. All right. I gotta turn this on. We lack, this is day two, we lack the ability to stay focused long enough on not just the right thing, but anything. I, what I said, most of the content here is not my own speculation. This is stuff that has been studied for years. And this is, this is what's true uh, for all of humanity. We just lack the ability to stay focused. Uh, it's hard for us, it's difficult for us. We get distracted very, very easily. Um, and there, are, uh, there have been studies out there that will reveal what's true of that. But before we do that, to, to get your mind going, uh, we're going to do a distraction exercise. Uh, I've been to RYM before, and I know that every single wall in every single room is white. Um, so we're going to, I want everybody in here to pick a wall. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter because they're all the same. And just think about a wall in this room for 60 seconds. You ready? You got a wall? Everybody got a wall? Let's do it. All right. Whew. Yeah. What was going through your mind? Anybody want to share? Yeah. The what? The we shop thing. The we, yeah, there you go. Yeah, good. Yeah, you had a very uh, busy wall up here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The air conditioning inside. What wall did someone else pick? 
<laughs> yeah, what wall did somebody else pick? Down in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How many phones you can charge on a wall? There are a lot of outlets in this room, and most of which are like jetted out. So if you're like me, I have like an iPad charger. They don't actually work. Yeah, last one. The awkward silence. Yeah. That was a long 60 seconds. I like I I came up with this exercise, and I couldn't help but look at the screen and just be like, this is the longest minute of my life uh, being up here. The fly. Yeah. Uh, most likely, you were bored. Uh, that is a very boring exercise. I told you yesterday you might get bored in this class, and that was intentional. That was an intentional, boring exercise. Uh, but what they say about white walls, particularly, uh, they're actually the best things to stare at when you need to think about something else. Uh, because they are so prone to help you get distracted. Um, so for some of you, you were thinking about something not related to the wall, um, even though I asked you to think about a wall. Um, some of you all were thinking about wall-related things. Some of you were thinking about other people in the room thinking about walls, like some wall inception type concept. Um, it's really, really hard to concentrate for 60 seconds. Even when I set you up to um, look, look at something and 60 seconds doesn't seem long at all, you can do anything for a minute. I tell my athletes that all the time. Running is a really hard sport um, and I always tell them in the last minute or two, you can do anything for a minute. Um, I know you're exhausted, I know you're tired, but the last minute you can just pull something out and you will. Um, and that's like a psychological thing. But for some reason staring at a wall for a minute is really, really difficult while still thinking about that wall. Your mind wanders and that's normal and that's okay. It's okay to get bored doing that. I intentionally put a boring exercise for y'all. Alright, this is what I call the spiral of distraction. Uh, this is uh, something I renamed. Uh, this was very confusing in the book when I came up with it, so I tried to simplify it as much as possible. We have a spiral of distraction. We are always confronted with something that is going to distract us from what we need to do and what we're trying to accomplish. So first, there's a source of distraction. There's a reason. So number one, you get distracted. Um, there's some reason you are getting distracted. That's your source of distraction. Number two, um, when you get distracted, you switch um, to that thing that distracted you, right? Just like when you're doing that exercise, you're supposed to think about the wall, and then all of a sudden you started thinking about that fly. That is a switch. That is a task switch. Three, we are rewarded. Your brain is rewarded to responding to its desire to switch to be distracted. Your brain is actually shooting like endorphins into your mind saying like, good job, way to listen to me, body. Um, you have switched and you have avoided being bored. You have uh, accomplished being distracted. That's how your brain thinks about distraction. You have accomplished being distracted. Number four, after that, you have an increased rate of boredom. Um, because you fed the boredom monster, it wants more. 
and more and more. And so all of a sudden, because you were bored and you distracted yourself from being bored, it wants to do that even more. Okay? I'll break this down a little bit if this is confusing right now. Then, you have a rapid increase of intake. So then to feed that boredom and that distraction, you take in more and more and more. There's just this constant feeding of it. It seems to be endless and bottomless. Then we switch more frequently. So it's kind of repeated from the first three and to the second three, you're doing it faster and more often. And then lastly, you have an increased need of distraction. After that, you need to be distracted more often. Okay, that's what I call the spiral of distraction. And like I said, it was very complicated to draw that out of the book, uh, but that is what I got from it. So you, you have your initial distraction, you feed the distraction, and then once you do that, you have to do it more, and you have to do it more, and you have to do it more, until all of a sudden you have this increased need to be distracted in the first place. Does this sound familiar to you? Yeah. What does it sound like? Drugs. Good. It's how addiction works. Um, I pulled this off the internet. I literally typed in, how does addiction work? And this is what came up. Addiction is a complex disease, often chronic in nature, which affects the functioning of the brain and body. It also causes serious damage to families, relationships, schools, workplaces, neighborhoods, the most common symptoms of addiction are severe loss of control, continued use despite serious consequences, preoccupation with using failed attempts to quit, tolerance and withdrawal. That's from the Center on Addiction.org. Now, when you were looking at this page, whoops, with all of these things, what were you thinking about? What I was talking about? What is your distraction, right? When I'm talking about your distraction, what is distracting you from things? What was going through your mind? And then all of a sudden, you think about addiction, you're not thinking about that one thing, you're thinking about drugs. So see the, the similarities to distraction, and drug addiction, and alcohol addiction, and porn addiction, all those types of things. Here are the results. You're probably thinking about your phone. 55%, this, this, some of this stuff is really scary. 55% of adults access their phone while driving their car. <clears throat> As adults, people with fully developed brains, right? 55%, and one thing I didn't put up here, that when you're driving distracted, what, no matter what the distraction is, whether it's your phone or anything else, they say that is equivalent to driving drunk. The rates of accidents are equivalent to driving distracted or driving drunk. That hit hard for me because I drive distracted all the time. I'm sure you all have heard stuff like that before. 35% use their smartphone in a movie theater. I experienced this, took my four and a half year old uh, to see Toy Story 4, the guy next to me was on his phone the whole time. It was obnoxious. Um, I had to lean over and like, can you at least turn the brightness down? Like, I understand you don't want to watch this, but I paid a lot of money to see this. So, 
33% use one on a dinner date. How dare you? We get bored, even on a dinner date. 32% cannot resist checking their smartphone during their child's school function. I'm sorry if your parents have ever done that for y'all. Um, but you should relate with them in that, that it's hard um, to sit there for two or three hours and not check your phone. We have this strange addiction, like the class says. Nine, I, I underline this. 19%, they didn't put admit. I put admit in there. 19% admit using their phone during church. I'm going to look around church and say about 91% use their phone during church. And we, we have a pretty traditional church. 12% use their phone in the shower. Either out here or you can buy a waterproof case. Or my phone's waterproof. I can just bring it right in the shower. I, I'm guilty of this. If I have tunes playing... And I got a speaker going, like that speaker. I just bring my phone in, switch the song, put it back out. I use my phone in the shower. Here's what's real, guys. Not, 9% use it during sex. I could have left that out. But I wanted you to see the weight of this. I wanted you to see the weight of it. Alright. It doesn't say specifics. I didn't dive too deep into that research. Alright. 75% of adolescents, and when I say adolescents, this is the term they use, is ages 12 to 24, sleep with their phone next to their bed with ringer on or on vibrate. Let's raise our hands if we do that. There's no shame. There's no shame. We do it. It's okay. Alright. We are addicted to distraction. Some of those things y'all are appalled at. Like, why do we do that? Even if you do do that, you're like, why do I do that? That's so weird of me to distract myself with my phone in that instance. I shouldn't do it, but I do. Um, that should tell you you're addicted to distraction. If you go back and look at the, the definition, it's weird and it's a complex disease. Addiction is a complex disease and it's chronic. Um, and chronic means it's just there and it's lingering. and It's um, always bothering you. But why are we addicted to distraction? Um, we find ourselves more bored than ever. Think back to the spiral of distraction. Every time we feed our boredom with distraction, we need more distraction because we find ourselves more bored more often. It's hard. Once you start, you can't stop. It's like Pringles or Skittles for me. We have FOMO. How many of y'all have ever heard of the word FOMO before? It's in the dictionary now. Thank y'all. That was y'all's doing. Um, y'all created that word for us. We didn't define that. That's something y'all's generation came up with a word, and you literally changed the dictionary. That's amazing to me. Um, but FOMO is the fear of missing out. Y'all's generation is not the only 
generation that has that, uh, that's across the board. Everybody has FOMO now. We have this fear of missing out. Some are worse than others. Um, my wife and I, were very different with FOMO. Um, she has FOMO, high FOMO in some situations, and I have low FOMO in those situations, and vice versa. There's nomophobia, um, fear of being out of mobile phone contact. You can see how old that term is because it says mobile phone. Um, mobile phones have been around for a long time. So this has actually been true for a really long time. Nomophobia, um, virtual world and real world. This is why we're addicted. Living two lives simultaneously. You guys realize you do that? You live two lives um, simultaneously. And that's really hard not to get distracted when you try to do that. We're all guilty of it. If you have any virtual internet presence at all, you have a virtual life. On top of your real one, the one that's sitting here in this seat. So every time you're in your virtual world, you're thinking about your physical world. And you get distracted by it. And every time you're in the real world and then sitting in this room, you're probably thinking, if my phone just buzzed, Who's texting me or what's happening? You're being distracted by your virtual world. So what is this doing to us? It's developing a habit or need of multitasking and task switching. There's a difference. There's a difference between two. Um, We're developing a constant need to check in. Whew. Like a constant need. Like I need to be checking in. What's going on at home? What's going on with my friend over here? Do they have better options for me to engage in? Uh, Let me see what they're up to. Make sure uh, I'm not missing out. You lose a sense of presence. um, So you're not aware of what's going on. Uh, You are just not fully present every time you're thinking about being somewhere else. or You're being distracted by your virtual world. And boredom seems to be inescapable. Now we're going to break this down. Multitasking. Can I get a volunteer? I saw your hand in the back. Um, Can you stand up for me? Can you count from 1 to 10 out loud? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Now, can you recite from A to J? In order. Can you recite from A to J in the alphabet? Good. Now, list off A1 to J10. So, combine those two. Combine those two together. A1... To J10. Yeah, that's good. That's all right. That's all right. So that, you, you can take a seat. Thank you. Let's, get, let's give it up. Let's give it up for him. So, that's multitasking. All of a sudden, your brain's like, what? Um... Counting 1 to 10 is easy. Reciting A to J is easy. You probably do those very, very fast. 
And you could, you could do A1 to J10. You can do it. But you have to think about it a little bit harder. It'd probably take you a little bit longer. And your, your risk of, of messing up along the way is higher. That's multitasking. Multitasking is accomplishing multiple things simultaneously. And task switching, this is what people think multitasking is, is accomplishing multiple things while rapidly switching from one thing to the next in a back and forth order. So task switching would be like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, A, B, C, D, E, um, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever is after D, um, to J. Uh, that's task switching. So if you're doing chores at home and you've got to do the laundry but also cook dinner, Chances are you're not multitasking those two things um, because you would have to be like on the stove while putting stuff in the, the washer, right? That's multitasking. Um, you're task switching when you do that. And same thing when you're on um, the internet. When you have multiple tabs open, you're task switching. You're not multitasking. If you're listening to music while on the internet, that's multitasking. This is important when we get into some more statistics. These are the reporting of the facts. From current middle school to college students, that's everybody in this room, well, not everybody, most of us, um, you have three to five minutes of time that you can focus on one thing. Three to five minutes before your brain is like, I need, I need to feed the boredom monster. I'm bored after three to five minutes. So you, according uh, to that statistic, you've already been um, needing a distraction three, four, five times in this class. You've probably let your mind wander from what I'm talking about. Um, I tested this myself. I thought it was, um, when I was coaching um, a team, I knew that this distraction, I knew that my athletes could not concentrate long enough on their homework to get it done in a timely manner so that they can go to bed early enough so they get the proper amount of sleep. So I asked, can I take your phones away for a week and see if you perform better as an athlete uh, to avoid sleep deprivation and to avoid injury because the biggest way to prevent injury is good sleep. That's true. Um, and I tested that. And for those that were willing to participate, they got at least an hour more a night. Uh, most did not want to participate because their parents wanted to make sure that their children were accessible and didn't want their phones taken away. Um, I can get into more of what I found from that um, in another time, but that's what I found is that when I took my athletes' phones away, so this is for, important for y'all, if you're trying to accomplish something, you have big goals in mind, um, practice that uh, because it's hard for you. It's hard not to fall into that distraction. We pick up our phone an average of 27 times a day. And when I say pick up in this statistic, I mean actually open it up. Like pick it up, open it up, and look at something. Not just pick it up and look at the time or see if you have a notification. 42% or 55% of adolescents pick it up just to kill time. 23, pick it up even when there is something specific to do. So let's say you have homework to do or you need to be somewhere um, and you have to accomplish something and you need to be hyper-focused on that one thing. 
and it's really, really important. It might be the most important thing you have to do that day. 23% of you will pick it up, pick up a distraction in that time. And will say, that's alright, I need to do it. 95% report media multitasking occupying one-third of their day. So, meaning one-third of your day, 95% of people will do two things at once on media. So they'll be either on their phone while watching TV, listening to music while surfing the internet. Um, One-third of the day, 95% of people do this. We check our phone, just like check our phone, whether you're just like me, if my phone's in my pocket, like putting your hand down to check it. Did, I, did somebody just notify me? Um, let me look at my phone. We'll do that 150 times per day or every six to seven uh, minutes we're awake. That's a lot. Seems chronic. 50% check their phone in bed. There's actually a lot um, of how important it is for you not to have your phone in your room or when you're trying to go to sleep because like I did with that with my athletes, that's what was keeping them up at night. Um, it wasn't their hard homework. Um, I came up with this theory a long time ago because I realized they were claiming they were more busy uh, than I was in high school. I was a very busy person in high school. The big difference is I didn't have a huge distraction in my pocket. I had other distractions, I'll give it that. Um, I didn't have that distraction, so I tested that theory. Um, and the biggest thing is that they were taking their phones to bed with them and able to just do whatever they wanted. Um, even for 15, 20, 30 minutes, that's 15, 20, 30 minutes they could have been sleeping. Um, and when you're bored, sleep is a, is a good thing. Sleep is a good distraction from boredom. Um, so go ahead, if you're bored right now, go to sleep. That's all right. 33% use their phone on the toilet. I think that's a bold-faced lie. I think that's at least half the people who use the phone on the toilet. Uh, let's not be ashamed. It's true. We take our phones to the bathroom. Now, I think it's really interesting this next statistic is very close to it. Um, and I think there are 3% of people who are very wise. So 33% use their phone on the toilet. And I think 30% uh, use their phone while eating. There were 3% of people who have standards and said, I take my phone into the toilet. I'm not going to take it to dinner. Okay? <laughs> I think 3% of people were like, nah, that's, that's the line for me. Um, but that's true. Um, I think most people don't want to admit that, but I think um, at least 33%, that's a third of people, uh, will admit taking their phone into the bathroom. There's a comedian who talks about this, that there's less graffiti in public bathrooms because of the invention of the cell phone. <laughs> Just think about it. There is way less graffiti. Um, than you've seen um, in the past. It used to be like covered and I used to love reading the graffiti and now it's not there. I don't need it because we have our phones. So what this has done, uh, ultimately we have lost the ability to single task um, which results in worse performance, like I said earlier, um, or higher stress levels. 
When you need to be distracted all the time, you're trying to be in so many different places all the time, that creates stress and anxiety. And that alone is a distractor. So the distraction makes another distraction, which makes another distraction, um, and we perform. And this is across the board. Um, Performance, I mean, as a person, in the schools, on the athletic field, as a musician, um, as a Christian, um, not being able to single task um, takes away from those things. So we feel a need to constantly check in. We always need to be somewhere else. What does this do to us? We have increased internal interruptions. Always needing to be somewhere else. We lose sleep. Results in improper brain development. That's true. The less you sleep, um, y'all's, y'all's age needs at least nine hours of sleep a night. And everyone in this room went like, I don't think so. Um, you will survive. You will survive on less sleep. But you're taking away um, proper brain development. Um, and you're increasing the odds, like in this week... <laughs> You're, yeah, most of y'all are sleep deprived and a lot of poor choices are made at, at like RYM conferences uh, because we don't have as much sleep and for y'all's age specifically that means riskier behavior so the stories I was telling up here about our, our buddy swimming out past towards the horizon one year um, he, uh, that was because he did not sleep well and we thought it'd be a good choice to swim that far into the ocean Um, We just have riskier behavior when we don't sleep well. We have increased anxiety, stress, and depression. That is very true. Um, There is some some things people are diagnosed with. They are born with a tendency um, uh, towards depression. But you'll see um, there's an increase of depression overall and anxiety um, because we're trying to be everywhere all the time. uh, And we're not sleeping well. Sleep and anxiety and stress are related. They're cor- there's correlating factors there. 66% or 77% of y'all fear losing or being without their phone. Now, why is that? What? Yeah. Yeah, you're addicted to it. You're losing your virtual presence. You're losing your virtual world. That's like, it's the same statistic that they found as losing a child losing their parents at a big venue. Oh, wow. Yeah. Same statistic. Feeling a need to do all things and be in all places at all times has led to a rise of depression. We are never fully present. Our constant need to be in all places at once has led to a never being fully present to where we are. Now, what does that say about us in our relationship with Jesus? Not being able to be fully present with the Lord means we fall short of what God has called us to. That's true. That's true in Scripture. That is, that is what sin is. Is we're not fully present with the Lord. It's why we need Jesus. So all this stuff I'm saying is true. It's like, don't, don't feel bad about yourself. That's true for all humanity. We get distracted from these things. We can no longer distinguish between what is relevant and irrelevant. So focusing on relevant information, um, this is 
This is really weird to think about. But focusing on relevant information is equally important to ignoring irrelevant information. So knowing the difference for yourself, what's relevant and not relevant, and pushing away the irrelevant is as important. So to say, like, I believe in Jesus, um, and to not be able to push away the things that will hinder me from that um, is equally important. But to allow those things to push you away from Jesus at the same time um, is not, not good. So in order to accomplish whatever goal you have in mind, you have to push away the things that are going to hinder you from your goal as much as you are approaching your goal. We increase our odds of missing the most important information. Have you ever tried to watch two TV shows at once? So a lot of people watch sports. Um, you're watching multiple sports at the same time, especially during playoff season, right? Trying to watch two games, and oftentimes when you do that, you miss some big play, and it's really upsetting. Um, but praise the Lord for instant replay. That does help. Um, it only feeds our problem in some instance. It's like when you go to a real game. Y'all, have y'all ever been to like a professional sports game? Um, what's the first thing most people will say? Why can't I get the instant replay? Uh, which, now they're putting these huge jumbotrons so you can. Um, but you're like, I should have just watched it at home so I could see that play again. Or like, I wish I could see what happened. That's actually a result of us needing to be, like, we're not focused long enough on what's actually happening. Here's what's really important for y'all. And there's a book that's also in there. Uh, Brainstorm. Uh, Dan Siegel. He uh, is a psychologist. He's a counselor. He loves uh, adolescents. He loves teenagers. He loves, and he says the most important thing you can learn to do when you're in middle school and high school is learn to reflect. Learn to take time to sit back and become aware of your surroundings. Become aware of what's relevant and not relevant. Increase physical, whether... Your physical presence being in reality or your physical presence being in your virtual reality um, leads to a distraction avoided shortened time of internal presence. This decreases true awareness, like Adam and Eve, um, if you never take the time to reflect. Um, Adam and Eve did not take the time to reflect uh, who is relevant in the situation, the serpent or what God told us. They just acted in their ignorance. Uh, think before you act. The more we seek to be omnipresent, this is what we're trying to do. This is how we're trying to build God out of the picture, right? Just like in the story of Babel, they were trying to build God out of the picture and try to rise up to who God is and try to reach up to the heavens. We're trying to be omnipresent. We're trying to be at all places all the time. That is God's job. That is not our job. The more likely we will increase our need to be distracted. That's where we fall short. That's where we need Jesus. That's where we need God. Because we can't do that. He can be all places, all times, and not be distracted. We cannot. So that's where we need to rely on the Lord um, and trust that He's doing that uh, when we fall short of that. Increased distraction leads to increased feelings of boredom. Um, and the reality of boredom, like I said, y'all, this is a lot of content. And I'm, I apologize. This is Stanford University students. This is the smarts, the smartest of smarts um, in our nation. Uh, spend 65 seconds on one screen. And half of those switches occurred in 19 seconds. That's roughly five times a minute. So when they're on one screen, they're switching uh, five times every minute. 
So they can't focus on one screen um, for very long. Average motivation to use your smartphone when you're alone, 70%. When you're bored, 68%. Waiting, 61%. You see how those are like all related to boredom? We're really bored when we're alone, um, which is a good time to reflect, by the way, when you're alone. That's why we do devotions in the morning here. Uh, when you're waiting, uh, we pull out our phone. That's why I think amusement parks are really, really fun is because we have a lot of opportunity to build up anticipation and think about the ride um, and really enjoy the ride. But if you distract yourself um, with an unhealthy distraction all the way up there, the ride won't seem as fun, right? Because if you don't have to wait in line, if you just went through the ride over and over and over again, it wouldn't be as fun. Um, Or if you're like, being on my phone or being distracted the whole way up there, I wasn't thinking about the ride and building up the anticipation of being on the ride. And it's not as fun. It's still fun. It's not as fun. Average reason to distract yourself or switch tasks. When you receive a text message, you'll do that 68%. And when you're just bored, you'll do that 63%. Of the time. That's the average um, reason you'll distract yourself. We have more opportunities to alleviate boredom today than ever before. Um, but as a society, we are more bored than we have ever been. Let that sink in. That, that's kind of like the whole premise of today. We have more opportunities to alleviate boredom, which has resulted in us being more bored than we ever have been. Like most addictions, it becomes increasingly harder to feed the monster. We are finding less and less ways to feed the border monster because we are diving deeper and deeper into the bottomless pit of feeding our addictive habits. So if you feel like this is a problem for you, it's okay. We struggle with this. I've got close friends and family members who deal with real addictions. And if you feel like this is so far for you, that it is taking away from you and your life, ask for help. I'm serious. If you feel like I'm feeling stressed and anxious and depressed, and it might be correlated to some of this stuff, ask for help. Don't let it go too far. Whatever your distraction is, I don't care if it's your smartphone, I don't care if it's just something that's isolating yourself from other people. If it's something that's taking you away from your relationship from the Lord more and more and more, ask for help. The bottomless pit is not fun, guys. We love information. Um, And we're obsessed with acquiring knowledge. That's how God wired us. God wired us to learn and to grow, but at His pace, in His way. That's what happened to Adam and Eve, is they sought to speed up the process of learning stuff and growing in wisdom past the way that God intended for him. Same with Solomon. God gave him that wisdom, and he said, now this is my wisdom, I do what I want with it. That's how we access information. We love to learn. That's why, that's why we get addicted to the internet. It has no parameters. It's a limitless world. How many of y'all... Um, I just finished reading the book Ready Player One. Good book. Horrible movie. Um, 
They did not try with the movie. Like, I'm not going to get into it. But it's an incredible book because it, sh- it shows the reality of a, a, a virtual world that is just bottomless. You can think it, you can do it, you can do whatever you want. Just like the people in Babel. They, nothing was going to be impossible for them. There was this like, openless, bottomless place that you could explore forever. And our brains love that. That's the way God wired us. To explore, to learn, to grow, to know. Our physical worlds put parameters on us for a reason. God put us in a physical world and he put parameters around us like, gravity, um, not being able to fly uh, is important sometimes because we, if we fly too high, we'll freeze to death, right? But some of us would be tempted to fly that high um, if we had the ability to fly. But I wonder how far I could go before I die. Um, it would happen. We have a hunger and a need to fill it. The reason that boredom leads to death is because it leads us to being distracted from what we truly should be focusing on. There is good news, guys. There's such thing as good distraction. Distraction will not always exist and will not need to exist. God does not want us to be distracted from us. So when when the new heavens and the new earth come into reality, we won't be distracted as humans. Our full focus will be on the Lord. And that is awesome. There are habits you can develop to persevere beyond your worst distractions. And God has a plan for all this. And we'll get into that tomorrow. So, that's what I have for you all today.